Magandang araw mga kabayan! Welcome to Today with Tatay Echo. Samahan niyo ako sa ilang minutong kumustahan at pakikipanayam sa mga katulad nating migrante mula sa iba't ibang panig ng mundo. Hanapin natin ang mabuti sa isang mundong balot ng pag-aalinlangan at hamon ng buhay, lalo na sa ganitong mga panahon ng pagbabago. Sa pamamagitan ng paglalahad ng mga katanasan ng mga kapwa natin OFWs. Join us as we meet regular Filipinos like you and me who are trying to find their place in this world and see goodness beyond the challenges of daily life as migrant workers overseas or now as balikbayan. Ako si Tatay Eko at ito ang Today with Tatay Eko. Magandang araw mga kabayan. I am honored to have the opportunity to meet our guest for today. Our guest was born and raised in Cavite, Philippines. Her overseas fabulous Pinay life started in 2001 when she relocated to Singapore for work and she continued her adventures in the U.S. and then across the pond in the U.K. before finally ending up in Switzerland. She and her husband are currently living in Zurich where she is transitioning from overseas fabulous Pinay to overseas fabulous Pinay mom with the recent addition of their daughter to the family. Friends, help me welcome Ms. Donna Aveliana Kunzler. Hi, Donna. Hi, Tatay Echo. Thank you for having me. Thank you for saying yes to the interview. Let's dive right in into the interview. So, paano ka naging OFW and uh, kailan mo nasabi sa sarili mo magiging OFW ka? Well, you know, back in 2001 is when I moved abroad to Singapore. So, at that time, I had no plans really of uh, moving overseas. It just so happened that all of my ex-colleagues from where I used to work, one by one, they were moving to Singapore. So, nakaka-engano, oh diba? <laughs> and so, one of them asked me, hey, do you want to move? I'm like, I'm one of the last people left in in the Philippines. So, I was like, okay, fine. So, then, you know, there was an open position. Um, I had the phone interview and then I got the contract. So, I was just playing along. And then, when I got the contract, I was really floored because it was like 400 times my current sal- salary. Oh my God. I was like, wow. <laughs> I mean, what will you do, right? If you were in my position, it's like, okay, then let's go. <laughs> so, without much um, um, thinking, really. My thought that time was, yeah, let me try it for, you know, one, two years. Why not? You know, what can I lose, right? So that's how it started um, in 2001 in, in Singapore. So really, really clueless about Singapore even. But <laughs> because my friends were all there, it gave me such confidence. Like, you know, I'll be fine. I mean, I have them. I'll be fine. Look at them. They're all like, you know, um, having the time of their life. So why not? So that's really how it started. Um, yeah. So could you help describe to us your first year overseas as an OFW? Because pumunta ka doon parang ambilis bilis and it wasn't really any plan of doing so. And how is it different mm-hmm. now being overseas and having been to so many countries? At first, yes, you know, um, there wasn't much planning. I mean, internet wasn't that good before. You rely a lot on word of mouth. So a few conversations with some of my friends who were already living there. And actually, most of the conversations happened when I was already in Singapore. Because <laughs> <laughs> for them, it's all about excitement of getting you onboarded. And it's funny because I remember 
I really had no clue. I mean, like, I didn't even know what the weather was like. I didn't know it was much humid. Oh, my. More humid than Philippines. Um, yeah. All I know was, like, uh, they were telling me life is uh, faster. You know, it's more, um, um, the, the pace is much faster than Philippines. And, yeah, of course, the, the quality of life would be better. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first time, and, and think about this, I left, you know, without being, I haven't lived anywhere else. You know, I was always, you know, living with my family in, mm-hmm. in the Philippines. So that was really my first time to live by myself in Singapore. So there were a lot of, you know, um, discoveries, you know, reflections about myself and, and things to learn, really. Like, I did not even know how to properly clean the toilet before. And then you know, oh, no. <laughs> I have to, to learn how to do that. And, um, and, and really, like, managing your household, right? I mean, I wasn't used to, to that. Like what are the things you should really buy? Um, you know, how do you how do you maintain a household? How do you do all this budgeting? Because back at home, you always have the the assurance that your parents will you know are there to help you if you're in need. Mm-hmm. But true, um, true. abroad, you really have yourself, and that's one of the big realizations. You're really there just by yourself. Okay, granted, you have your friends, but in the end, it's just you. It's really just you that, you know, and then you really have to, to be able to understand, you know, what you want, what are your needs, and how do you cope day to day, and how, how, how do you get by? It's a lot of firsthand learning, I would say. Yes, it's, it's so different now. So because of those accumulated learnings, right? So if in case I, I plan to move somewhere else again, there's definitely a lot of preparation that has to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about, okay, where do you live? Where do you want to, if you already have a place in mind of where you want to go, what's it like to live there? You know, how much do you need to be able to get by? So what's the reasonable salary if, you, if you're looking for a job? You know, and is it competitive in terms of, you know, the, the position that you're applying to? Mm-hmm, and also there's a big component of connecting with people it's it's very important to connect with people so that you already have some sort of support system when you arrive and also if you have questions along the way during your planning um you can already ask them and get you know clarity over those things so it's it's really different you know and there's a lot of considerations and probably a lot of um, efforts and costs as well that can be avoided. True. That, that um, I would have mm-hmm. to say, yeah. So do you think you're needed to get out of the country also to grow more professionally and personally? I, I wasn't thinking of it at the time, but um, in perspective, I, I would say yes, because it's just so much um, different when you live overseas versus just visiting let's say, or just traveling for business uh, or, or leisure, you learn so much more when you actually are in there um, as part of the society. And um, knowing more, you, you get to know more about not the mainstream things, right? Because we see a lot of things, especially as tourists, you see a lot of the positive yes, yes. things uh, and uh. all the shiny, happy <laughs> things <laughs> when you go mm-hmm. sightseeing. Mm-hmm. But when you live there, it's a totally different dynamic. So yeah, you, you, you tend to 
to know more about, oh, wow, this is how they run their country. Oh, this is how pop culture is, you know? It's like when I moved to UK, I didn't realize that it's really the birth of the reality TV show. So all the shows are all about reality TV. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. You know, I thought, you know, Survivor and the Amazing Race are from US. But no, there is like they're breathing reality, yeah, reality TV every now and then. So those, those kinds of things, interesting things. And um, the way professionally, definitely as well, because I think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've been away 20 years now from the Philippines, right? But at the time when I left, we have very limited exposure to, to other nationalities. It wasn't that open before. Probably it's different now with the business process outsourcing industry. But before you see the foreigners are normally just the senior level people, um, expats, really the traditional expats. But if you live abroad, you have more interaction in different levels of you know, different cultures, different nationalities. And at the same time, you also understand you know, how, how they think, how they see the world. And the more you kind of also appreciate what we are as Filipinos sometimes. So talking about the cultural differences of the countries that you've lived in, the Singapore, the U.S., the U.K., and now you're in Switzerland, how did you adjust to the cultural differences? And uh, was there anyone who actually helped you along the way? Well, of course, you have your friends, right? So let's say there are different aspects on how you can adjust to the culture. Um, you know, there's the aspect of, um, let's say, food, right? It, it's as simple as, you know, being getting used to the food. So you have to try, right? So you have to try some different um, local local dishes. Then you see like, okay, why do they like this? Like Singapore is a different one, right? It's a big adjustment because they like spicy food. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that one, even though I was not used to spicy food before, by the time I left, my God, my tongue was really numb and <laughs> really used to spicy, very hot food. And, and I, I did miss it a lot. You know, it's very flavorful. The, the, the food in Singapore is um, one of the best, I would say. And um, yeah, the other thing to look out for is, I would say, what do they celebrate? What are the traditions? Uh, what are the different um, holidays and how do the locals celebrate it? So it's always um, about, you know, observing what's happening around you and mm -hmm. trying to, to also join in the fun, as you say. And eventually you will integrate because then it becomes normal for you to, to really do it as well, such as, you know, eating local food or celebrating their national day as if it's your national day as well. So that, that's how really you, you integrate and, and enjoy and, and adapt to the different cultures. So let's talk about your book, The Overseas Fabulous Pinay. What was the inspiration behind it and uh, what message are we trying to share to fellow OFWs through the book? So it all started when, you know, I, w I was really feeling like I need to do something with, with, uh, with social impact. I, I wanted mm -hmm. to, do, to help. I wanted to give back. And at the same time, I wanted also to capture my, my colorful life overseas, um, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. with the years yes. that I've accumulated yes. living yes. overseas. So that's why I came up with a book. Um, but in the end, you know, the purpose really is to, to help Filipinas, uh, especially, although the book also applies to, to, to non-Filipinos and 
to even to to males as well there are some aspects that they can anyone who really wants to live abroad it's to help them plan their move and improve their life when they're already abroad living abroad is not simple it's a big challenge especially if you know you have all those kind of limited exposure right before before going overseas um you know you have the cultural differences um um homesickness and you know the way you deal with the different cultures and how you act as a foreigner many things to to really um to digest once you're out there so my aim is really to help people with my book and through my learnings to share my learnings and hopefully um they can learn from what i have learned and they can find also solutions if they have um issues that they're facing that you know they can go back to my book and say oh actually that was in the book let me read about that mm-hmm. and at the same time i also want people to to make more out of their life overseas because we also have um a certain type of people who go overseas just to earn money and then go back i mean that's really their aim um without thinking that you know it's also your life right so make the most out of it make it uh, work for you it's not just about providing for your family but look out for yourself too you know you need to be happy and then you can accomplish more things so that that's really the main message and i think that's an important message especially for for filipinos who are thinking of of becoming ofws themselves without awareness of how challenging it is to be ofws mm-hmm. donna i want to ask dun sa two decades of you being overseas ano yung pinakamalaking challenge na nakinaharap mo sa sa yung buhay professionally mm-hmm. and personally professionally um what is it i would say i do have an example you see in switzerland I always tell people that it's the most challenging to integrate, right? So they're not as I mean they're nice people, but there's like a clear distinction between professional and personal relationships, um, especially at work. You know, in the usuyong you know yung happy hour with your office mates, it's not oh, wow. always like that. They're very reserved, and normally um, they normally always have plans already. With their friends, and and you can understand that. I think not a lot of Swiss go out of the country because they love their country so much, <laughs> and I can attest to that. I and also love wouldn't? their country. <laughs> and who wouldn't? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So so you can imagine all the Swiss people. They really have their childhood friends still here. They're they're very connected to their family. So it's understandable they have their core friends and family to do things with right so there's not a lot of room for new friends but we were talking about let's 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 uh think of professional first so one of the stories that i also mentioned in my book so when i first came in um because i don't speak um german um there's not much to 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 put me in assignments i was put in a multinational company of course mm-hmm. because you know they speak mm-hmm. english yeah it's a large company but ironically my one of my main contacts was already making noise and really complaining to the partner that he does not want 
a manager who does not speak German. So he, this person is German. And he hasn't met me yet. So I was like, what is this person's problem, right? You know, like, he, hasn't, he hasn't even met me yet. He just wouldn't want to give me a chance, right? That's how it sounded. And I'm a very nice person. So uh, even though I was an auditor, but I've always been a nice person. So I was like, what's wrong with this person? I don't understand. So one time when I was in, um, I went to the client's um, place, I had another contact to meet there. And it so happened that this person who was complaining was sit seated in the same building. So I asked, the, the person I was meeting with, oh, where is this uh, Mr. So-and-so sitting? Maybe you can introduce me, you know? I mean, I haven't met him before. And this is way before our project started. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, let me introduce you. So I was introduced to him, you know, very politely. It's like, hi, hello, I'm, you know, I'm Donna. I'm, I will be the new manager. And he just bursted. He was like, no, 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 this cannot be. You know, I don't oh want my gosh, someone what? who does not, right? I'm like, Wow. I'm like, hold on, hold on. I said, you know what? You know, I'm just here for my job, right? I do my audit. I write my report. And if I don't have, I'm not, if, if I'm not able to complete my audit because of you, then I just say that, right? It's because of <laughs> limitations yeah. on, yeah. I'm just, I'm just here to do my job, so nothing personal. And I left it at that. And um, when we actually started our project, so normally you have a kickoff meeting, a big kickoff meeting, and he was there. And he acted differently now. He was nice to me and even treated us out to lunch. And that was the rest <laughs> of the story. Yeah. Because like, you know, um, I mean, maybe he also realized that he kind of overreacted, no? Mm -hmm. um, it's not a nice way to, to welcome people. <laughs> True, so true. It, it's it's more of that. I think it's a repetition. You know, I've had similar occasions of those, but it's more of um, I mean that was the most extreme I would say. But always come back to you know you're there, you're a professional, you're there to do your job, and you earned it. So don't let those people talk you down, because there are so many misconceptions of being Asian being a woman and also for us Asians we also look young for our age true so sometimes they dismiss true. it as oh you're a new junior well, actually no I'm not a junior you know and um, you kind of just make them realize with the way you talk with your knowledge that they're proven otherwise that you're actually a very good professional and you know what you're doing on the personal side, I would say that there was a time when I moved for love, let's say. Well, I, I did it twice, but the first time I did it, uh, yeah, so the first time I did it, uh, and uh, ironically, I think it was a miscommunication as well, you know, I was just thinking, yeah, I'll move to London, I'll move to London. What I did not kind of understand is... Uh, Actually, my, my partner at the time did not really want to live in London. I mean, he likes UK, but he did not want to live in London. And he eventually moved back to, to Asia. So oh, that was a bit, wow. uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you know, you kind of thought that you will go on to the next level, right, of the relationship. So I moved there. And then it did not work out. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that was... A challenge and it happened again <laughs> when I moved to Switzerland as well so I also oh, moved wow. because of a relationship 
thinking it could go to the next level. And then after two years, it did not work out. But no regrets. I mean, it, it was sad, of course, but it just means it's not meant to be. Mm. But the point is I still stayed because, you know, I stayed for myself and I realized that it's worth staying in, in a certain place where I was at at the time. So like London, um, I stayed for four years despite the fact, right? And in Switzerland, I stayed, you know, after two years and I broke up with my ex, I stayed anyway. And eventually I met my husband and 10 years after I'm still here. So at the end of it all, it's, it's about knowing that although you're the main reason could be that you're moving for, for love is also make sure that you have more reasons to move not just that sole per sole reason because of the relationship mm-hmm. so look at it holistically that for yourself the professional aspect would also be positive you know and the personal side as well that you're able to 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 build your own support system i'm going to ride on that statement what keeps you doing what you do then it's not just i mean you ha- you need something to fall back to right and that would be yourself in the end. So if you have the the relationship, let's say you move for a relationship, I think you have to not be too idealistic that although you believe in you know true love and stuff, that everything will be okay. There's also a risk of, I mean, this is being me being on my auditor <laughs> background. <laughs> sure, Things sure. Sometimes can go wrong, you know. And what do you do if something goes wrong? Do you have the, the, the mitigations to, to actually address those things that can go wrong? It, it's that thinking, I would say, that's very inherent to my auditor side. <laughs> <laughs> Blame it on my, my career. <laughs> uh, but but it's, it's very sound advice. So Donna, mm-hmm. how do you feel like are you contributing to the larger society of Switzerland? And what can our Kababayan actually learn from this? I think as a sort of, not a formal citizen, right? But being a local here, um, I contribute by, by being part of the workforce. That's, that's first. Because mm-hmm. um, in certain areas, you know, Switzerland is a small country and they cannot thrive without foreigners, realistically, just like Singapore. They need 20% to be of the workforce to be foreigners. Otherwise, the country will not, survive so i'm part of that 20 percent and and proud to be part of that and um working also for a swiss company contributing through my actual job of improving processes right Mm -hmm. and i would say as well i also promote the swiss culture just me by saying that you know i've been here 10 years i really like it it's a nice place to to live in and it's it gives you know quality of a high quality of life. So I'm also an ambassador, so to speak, of, of, of Switzerland whenever I meet people. Because people are curious sometimes. You know, Switzerland is not, it's a rare, I would say. It's rare that, you know, Filipinos move to Switzerland, I would say. Um, it's not one of the common countries that, that, that we Filipinos move to. So, so people would always ask, why Switzerland, right? So, and how do you find it? And I would say it's a, it's a very good place. And what can we learn from our Kababayans is um, wherever you may be, I, you know, it, accept it as your own home. 
and and be part of really the society of where you live in take part live like a local and appreciate it more because you're you're part of the society so you have to be aware of what's happening and um you know also be a relevant member of society i'd say so palagay mo ba yung pagiging migrante ay para sa lahat it's an interesting question i'm I think it's not for everyone um, because you would still have people um, that want to, let's say, who wants to serve the country itself, right? You have our government officials or, or local, yeah, local or, or whatever diplomats as well, that there are some cases where you have to be in your country to serve the country or those that are deeply rooted to their families as well. So, so I don't think it's for everyone because you see, you really have to, if there's a proximity limitation, then no, right? Mm-mm-mm. Mindset, I believe it can be learned. You can acquire the skills and, and, and get by and live um, to be a migrant. Because at the end of it all, it's about what makes you happy. And if you cannot find that happiness in living abroad, then probably it's not for you, right? So I would say that would be the trigger point is, you know, what makes you happy? Because if you cannot be happy, whether you're in Philippines or, you know, living overseas, then then where is it, right? You have to find it. Not as much as sort of being a migrant itself, but, you know, it's more about the whole, your whole being of, in the end, what, what, what makes you happy. Are there still times that na you mo na umuwi ng Pilipinas for good? I did once. I actually did once. Um, early in my you know overseas um, uh, journey, but it was hard. I mean, I was dead set on going back at at a certain point in time, but I couldn't because um, you know. Also, it was an early point in my career, right? So yeah. imagine you were being paid 400 times as what you were earning in Philippines. It's hard to command the same package. So you really have to kind of swallow the, the pay cut if you want to go back. Mm-mm. And and that's hard. And that's really hard. And also maintain you know the lifestyle that you're used to. So it just did not work out that way because then... Um, I wasn't ready for that kind of sacrifice at the time. So maybe as a closer for, for this interview, what can you share about Switzerland to people who would like to consider it as a destination to migrate professionally and personally and advice to those who want to become OFWs? For Switzerland, it's really, I mean, I could not, you know, it, it's highly recommended in Switzerland. But it's not easy to actually come here because um, the immigration rules are always changing mm-hmm. and the focus for foreigners, especially for the non-European foreigners, so if you're still holding on to Philippine passport, you would need a sponsor. And typically, the immigration would look at the more highly skilled professionals to come in here. So that's clear. You know, It's not... Um, easy to come here without a job and, and look around unless of course you're coming with family let's say you're, you're married to a Swiss right but on your own um, you need the permit first to secure the permit first and then you can come here and the sponsor is 
required. So look out more for highly specialized um, jobs, meaning not something that the Swiss can can assume, right? You know, those uh, more high, um, let's say, skills in IT, if you're a in, um, computer engineer or even an auditor like myself, it's a, it's a specialized skill as well. Switzerland is tricky as well because you have the language component. So before I was hesitant to, to come to Switzerland because of, there are three, lang- well, four national languages, but what we know um, is uh, you know, German, French, and Italian. So you have to know at least one, especially if you're client-facing. So that's one of the challenges. So like me, before I moved to Switzerland, I took up, I started taking up high German lessons already when I was still wow. in London. Just so, you know, to prepare me because it's, it's really hard if you don't know any word. And it helps uh, because, you know, you have to go grocery. It helps to know what you're looking for. Although, of course, we have Google Translate now, right? You, but you can't always be reliant on Google Translate. It's nice also to understand a little bit. Um, but Switzerland is highly recommended. I mean, I wouldn't say that if, you know, I mean, that's why I'm here for 10 years and, and going. So, <laughs> And I don't think I'll be moving anywhere else um, in the near future since, since also I have my family here now. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a very good country. You get, um, although a lot of people say it's, uh, you, it has a very high cost of living, but I would counter and say it also gives you a very high quality of living. So it's commensurate. It's about, um, I would say, living smart. You have to know how to live smart to, to make the most out of it. And to the people who are aspiring to be OFWs, um, yeah, I mean, you have to prepare. You know, you have to know what you want and aim high. I would say aim high. Every time you spend on, let's say, because I, I know some people, they would say, oh, I would just, you know, even though I would, I would um, apply like a, I don't know, like a, a sales clerk in a grocery or a waiter first, you know, just to get my foot in the door. Um, I would say aim high because if you're really a professional and you, you have a degree to show for, then aim for an appropriate position, apply, you know, prepare for it. You know, maybe you need one, two years in Philippines first to accumulate the relevant work experience, but do that because it will, it will do you well when you apply abroad. And you would have better chances, I would say. So, yeah, and, and it's all about, you know, prepare, prepare, research. And I also have those skills that I mentioned in my book. So start learning those skills and see how it goes. And people should read your book <laughs> just, just so yes. they would know those skills, right? Yes, read my book. You will learn a lot from my book. Yeah, I'm sure we will. <laughs> Thank you very much, Donna, for the time that you gave us. Congratulations on the book. And thank you for sending me my copy also. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank you for having me. Well, thank you very much for giving us the time this afternoon. Masaya kami na naging bahagi ka ng season 3. And thank you very much always. And please keep safe during these trying times. Thank you. Safe to you.
Maraming salamat sa ating guest, Ms. Donna Kunzler. Thank you and congratulations on your book. Bago po tayo magtapos, let me share with you a quote from author Habib Akande. Persistence is the twin sister of excellence. One is a matter of quality, the other a matter of time. Muli po ito si Tatay Eko na nagsasabing, Remember, you can change the day, but you can change your attitude towards it, so be someone's reason to smile today. This is Today with Tatay Eko Season 3.